Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, Force users of all ages, and welcome back to Inside the Tauntaun, a Star Wars podcast where we get to the guts of what makes Star Wars meaningful to us. As always, I'm Dino Nicandros, and I'm joined by Alyssa Simmons. Hi, everybody. Daniel Dawson. Hello there. And today we are talking about Lucasfilm's new multi-genre publishing initiative, The High Republic is ushering in a whole new era of Star Wars storytelling. We're going to go over the books, the authors behind them, some of the characters and themes that they'll be touching on. And by God, we're Star Wars fans. Ah, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Star Wars inside the Tauntaun. Taun. This is our podcast opening song. Alyssa, Daniel, and Dino talking about Star Wars. Like and subscribe. The High Republic. We're here. Folks, we're Whoa. here. Oh my god, you guys, I'm so excited for reading. I just love reading. Oh, this is a, reading this is, is my a, favorite. A brand new day for Daniel. Daniel, it's a when brand was the last new day. When is the last time you read a book? A full book? Mm-hmm. Like from from cover to cover? Yep, that's what it is. Mm-hmm, a book. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens. Uh, oh god. Um the last one that I finished. Oh, you know, actually it wasn't that long ago. It was uh well, I mean, I guess that was a long ass time ago. It was Ready Player One. That was the last oh, okay. full book that I read. So that was like All right. Four I thought years you were ago. gonna tell me like I thought you were gonna tell me like Lord of the Flies or something in high school. <laughs> like, great expectations. The great Gatsby. <laughs> great expectations. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. No, I. Which didn't is read the that worst shit. book ever written? Yeah. Yeah. The grapes of Warath. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah. All right. Well, that wasn't that long ago. I was going to give you a bunch of crap, but that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And which is a great book, by the way. Um, The movie was great, but the book is better. And now you need to read Ready Player Two. Yes, I know. It's I have I I have a book backlog now. What? What is this? Who am I? And by backlog, you mean two books as opposed to one. Yeah. Right. 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 Just take a look. Get ready. Reading Red Moon. That's going to be in my head all day. Aww, I loved reading Rainbow. Uh, but now you have a ton of books to add to your backlog because we oh. just got wind of all of the amazing Holy God. novels, comics, galore. Yes. I, I, yeah, I, this I'm, is like the I'm MCU of publishing. Yeah. I, I, um, I'm frightened. I'm frightened. <laughs> I mean, it's all right. I'm very intimidated because <laughs> like, you know, they 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 in this uh, this announcement video that they that they put out um, it was it was it live. It was live, wasn't it? I didn't. Get it, to was see it, live. it was a live. It was a live the stream day before uh, it was January 5th. So the day before the first two books were released. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, and uh, um. Yeah, I was just they were they were talking about the 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 three different they're do, definitely doing like very much like a Kevin um Feige three phase rollout like <laughs> they're 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 taking some uh some definite pointers from mm-hmm. from that school. Um but yeah, it's it's supposed to be like a really really long um slow but also very fast burn. Um, of a lot of material, and I'm just like, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep up. My God. <laughs> well, that's what we're here for. Yes. yes. Keep you all apprised of all of these goodies. And what I think is most interesting about it, at least what I've read in the last couple of days, is that they've now, with the introduction of the High Republic, they actually went in to the canon and renamed or gave official names to each era of Star Wars yes. that, that maybe weren't there before. These yeah. are ju- much more specific, at least. Yeah. So if the High Republic, which uh, is this whole new storytelling initiative, this is set 200 years before Phantom Menace at the height of the Galactic Republic's 
uh, I wouldn't say power, but uh, it was kind of the uh, apex of peace and and order and things are actually good, which is not usually a, uh, a, it's not a Star Wars trope. Mm -mm. It's so just, it's kind of it's kind of interesting to be entering a new age of positivity. Yeah, it's BP before about Palpatine. <laughs> right. So this being kind of the first era or at least the earliest era of Star Wars telling High Republic, they have now labeled the prequels the Fall of the Jedi. Yes. So sad. Which it, Makes it sense. very Relit. much is that. Yeah. And so that incorporates all of the prequel films they just keep tripping and... they just keep falling and like oh That's i sk- right. oh, i tripped again oh no <laughs> three three movies of that <laughs> so that's the prequels and the clone wars animated series would would fall under the fall of the jedi we then enter the reign of the empire which will include bad batch um it is uh solo a star wars story film it's rain and empire. <laughs> so this is when it's like really, really bad. Things are just not good. Not not so good. But I mean, really great for the empire, though. They're like super. Yeah, I mean, they're like. Yeah, raining. I guess we should. Yeah, they're. Sorry, I needed to pull a Dino and make sure that I like you know. Yeah, I was gonna say, what's happening? <laughs> is this the part of the episode where I uh, talk <laughs> about how this is the best part of galactic history? Yeah, you know, I mean, it 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 may it may. Uh, you know, things might not be great for most people, but, like, at least there's order, though, right, Dino? That's right. That's yeah. right. There's yeah. there's there's order in the galaxy. So. You sacrifice uh, your freedom for security, <laughs> and I, I, I see nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yikes. Whoops. So <laughs> we then enter the Age of Rebellion, which would encompass the three original Star Wars films, Star Wars Rebels animated series, mm-hmm. And and most of the Star Wars storytelling, you know, if if you, if you're relatively new to Star Wars, it's probably what you're most familiar with. It's the the Galactic Civil War, and also the Christmas special, and yeah, also don't the forget Christmas that. special, right? Lest we forget, which is definitely canon. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, we've already. I mean, if you didn't listen to that episode that we talked about, but it's a really really important episode where we talk about B. Arthur. And the fact that she definitely was in the final, uh, the final battle against the first oh right, order. the rise of Skywalker. Yeah, absolutely, yes, definitely, hundred mm-hmm. percent. She was there. She was there. Just muttering to herself bitterly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so after the the kind of original Star Wars that we know and love, we have the New Republic era, which would be the time period of the Mandalorian. And a lot of the published books that came out prior to Force Awakens kind of exist in this realm. Mm-hmm. The Republic has been reforged out of the shadow of the Empire. And they're even even having had victory, they're struggling to keep the New Republic afloat. And uh, it's just a giant bureaucratic mess. So that's that era. Mm-hmm. And then we finally end up with the rise of the First Order, which encompasses the sequel trilogy. The rise. And Star Wars Resistance, the animated show. And uh, That's it's when B. Arthur sings Ladies Who Lunch, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Everybody yes. rise. <laughs> rise. Rise. Actually, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't have Snoke do that. Oh, I would. Okay, I well, right, there's there's my new TikTok. That. That's it. Someone I mean, please make that. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it. Here's to Pat the ladies who lunch. <laughs> Sung by Supreme Leader Snoke. <laughs> Everybody rise, <laughs> rise. <laughs> oh, that's very good. Guys, oh, we did our. We, that was our first musical theater reference of the show today. Good job. Yes, market. When was Market? that? How many minutes that in? That was at like less than oh, 10 we are minutes. At nine, nine and a half minutes yeah, in. We're about 10 <laughs> minutes. Pretty good. Yeah, that's a record. Good job. So so that's kind of the, the new breakdown of, of Star Wars in a, in a way to compartmentalize for yourself so you know 
where you are when you're reading or watching something. I think it's good. Yeah, it's a better way to organize things because Lord knows. I mean, even now that we're into the second season of The Mandalorian, people are like, wait, when does this take place again? <laughs> Including my family. Right. God, we were God just bless talking them. about that. Yeah, my oh. um, my family called me. They've been they've been watching season two of The Mandalorian, and they called me. I was so excited for them to get to the finale. I like haven't said anything to them. Yep. And uh, I get a text from my sister and a phone call from my dad, both saying, "Wait, I thought Luke Skywalker was dead. <laughs> How is he in this film?" So we had to have a chat about the timeline. They thought that I said that the Mandalorian took place five years after the last movies we've just seen. So The Rise of Skywalker. Man, just think of the implications. That must have been so confusing. (laughs) They were so confused, but they still loved it. And now that they know what time period it's in, it's more helpful. So the moral of the story is... Uh, knowing where you are in the timeline is great. So did they think that, like, I mean, at that point, they're probably theorizing on their own. I mean, like, they must have thought that, like, Luke was, like, Jesus or something. Well, like, they were just, like, massively confused because it's, like, young Luke <laughs> as well. So they were like, <laughs> did he, like, yeah, was is it, like, a Jesus thing? Was he, like, resurrected? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's no. come to save us. Uh Anyhow, let's get into this. Uh, let's get into this. this new books. info. Into these books. So, the High Republic, as we were saying, is kind of the Renaissance age of the Republic. Welcome Republic. to the Renaissance. Oh, that's number two, and we are eleven fifty-five in. That's so good. 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 They're they're gonna come hot and heavy for the rest of the episode. <laughs> we're allowed only three. So that's right. Choose wisely. <laughs> so. The Renaissance period, we the Republic is being run by Chancellor Lena So. I just, I'm sorry, I was just what? thinking about. <laughs> We've lost just him. like Renaissance paintings, like of like you know Palpatine, like you know lying on a chaise lounge with like fruit, but naked, you know, like oh a, like a Renaissance mystery. <laughs> I don't know why that was the first thing that came to my mind. Oh, uh, gross. Daniel's Daniel's imagination. Yes, I know that that's that's that that is something that I'm going to be selling on Etsy. I don't have an Etsy page, but I'm going to, and that's going to be the first. And I will shut your page down. (laughs) I will go to the necessary authorities. My first offering. Oh my god. So, anyways. (laughs) So, So anyways, the Republic is being run by Chancellor Lena So, who is, in comparison to the chancellors, we. We know previously, Valorum and Palpatine. She is far more enlightened. She's a woman. Uh, a woman. Also a woman. Mm-hmm. Benevolent. And her mantra for the Republic as they are expanding out into space is, we are all the Republic. Which I don't know how that will play on each individual planet and if they mm. share that sentiment, but... We'll find out, uh, I think. It seems like a benevolent expansion as opposed to aggressive, mm-hmm. which is interesting. And we've got a rundown of, uh, I believe it's uh, five authors that Lucasfilm brought together to kind of uh, storyboard and. I was gonna say that it's interesting, like uh, or at least watching the the um, sort of announcement video. Um, how in the world? Do all of those minds like come into the same room and 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 discuss like one one through plot line? You know what I mean? Like they all right. it, like that that boggles my mind that they can get like it just feels like there's too many cooks, too many cooks. Like I, I well, they're all writing their individual things, and from what I mean, from what I gather from that panel is that uh, yes, there's going to be which I'm super excited for, characters that cross over between the mediums. Yeah. You know, we've got characters that are in the comics as well as in the novels. Right. But um, it just seems like there's this one sort of, there's this one sort of event that happens at the very beginning of Light of Light of the Jedi. Yes, which I was like, oh no, there's so many spoilers. But I mean, like, it's really, I I guess it's not supposed to be a big spoiler. This event is called the Great Disaster. 
Yeah, it and starts with that. That event is sort of what all of the other events are around. So from what I gather... And they sort of equated that to, um, at least for the the series that we're familiar with, um, they equated it to, like, the Death Star exploding. Right. Right. So it's, think... not, they just, it's described as some kind of hyperspace calamity. Yeah. Like a, mm-hmm. And it, it happens in the Outer Rim, which is the Republic is at this time expanding out into. So if, if you're confused as to what the Outer Rim is, think of Tatooine, these kind of backwater planets. Yeah, Batuu. Yeah, so I think I think that it's less about like tying precise storylines together mm-hmm. and more about all of these different stories that are kind of happening around this sort of single event. Yeah, like right. they're far it's, enough it's, apart it's, where they're not like directly in, you know, uh directly in, affecting in, each other. Right. And the in the um in the panel they asked like is there a, you know, exact order that we should be following if if someone is The first order. On, <laughs> if someone is planning on, you know, reading all of this material and they said not really, but I suppose if you'd like to uh read in order of release. So Sure. Right. Um so there you have I mean, that. we've said it. They're they're definitely taking the Marvel approach because they, yeah. if if you look at the first ten years of of Marvel movies, they had the through line being the Infinity Stones and mm-hmm. and they were kind of in the background of almost every film, right? And that that's kind of what's happening here. They all know what they're building to, but they're given a lot of leeway in terms of how to get how there. each individual character gets there. And and what it seemed like in the panel is that when they had their first writer's retreat up at Lucasfilm, I think they were under the impression they were... Oh, to be a Competing is not wall. the right word, but they thought they were, like, pitching stories and that one was going to be chosen. Right. Right. And so when they had the second retreat, they're like, oh, we're, oh, we're all, all writing something. We're all cool. being included here. And yeah. we're including oh, each crazy. other's ideas in each book. And I, I'm like, and I, I wonder if they'll ever... If Marvel, if there he'll ever let us know like whose story it was that like you know made it through yeah yeah i don't know also i i guess like in in a in a room like that i would imagine you know that there's probably got to be like a head author question mark like say you know like the guy that at least in the video that i was that we watched last night it felt like it was charles Maybe. Soul. Yeah. Like, it felt, it, it, it felt it, like maybe, well, I think especially a lot of the weight is on him because he wrote the first right. book. Right. Right. So like you all are, of the introduction, all of the exposition that needs to happen in order he's to firing build the gun. this he's whole entire realm is on, yeah. is on him because he, right. he wrote the first book. So, yeah. So that, that's a, good, a great segue because so the five authors are uh, Charles Soule, Justina Ireland, Kevin Scott, Daniel Jose Older, and Claudia Gray. I like and, Justina. And, she's funny. Me <laughs> yeah. too. She was she was serving out all kinds of hilarious <laughs> hilariousness in the She panel. also spoke my mind too, because when Charles Charles was just like, you know, nonchalantly talking about like all the characters and he's just like, Oh yeah, Yoda, whatever. And we're like, she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And because I literally I'm in attacked. my head was just like, you just said Yoda whatever. <laughs> like, excuse I know. Me? She was like, you just like you just like blew up my twelve year old like <laughs> <laughs> So all of them have have previous previous experience writing in Star Wars. And I Claudia Gray I think has been the most prolific in terms of books that have been released uh, recently, and uh, but but all five of them kind of live in their own corners of Star Wars, and it's really cool that they're getting to bring their perspectives to one giant project, and and yeah. specifically Justina Ireland, and I think uh, Daniel Jose Older, they're they're gearing a little more to younger readers, the youths. Yes. The the youth the young the young, young adult readers for sure and and uh, and Charles Soule and Claudia Gray but even though it's for Kevin the kids they're kind of like alluding to the fact that it might be required reading for you know like the oh, true yeah, Star yeah. Wars fans I mean they went out of their way to say it they're they're for children in that number one they'll feature more 
children, young, young Padawans. Mm-hmm. But really, all that means is the book is shorter. But yeah, sure. Yeah. Might not it have as many be. dark and, and possibly uh, not as as violent as yeah, potentially there you go. the adult books. Um, but uh, that being said, Dino is going to be really happy to know that it sounds like the the bad guys that they're developing in this um uh, yes. series sounds pretty dope. So we have a things can't be just hunky dory all the time. So they've introduced. Right. A, a new generation of bad guys that aren't Sith mm-hmm. or Force users, as far as we know at this point. Well, there was called... a there there was one like sort of um, organic yes yes <laughs> thing yes. that is dark sided quote unquote, but like right. yeah, but not it's not Sith. It's not we'll Sith. Get, no. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Dark sided. So the 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 main antagonists of the High Republic series will be a group of space pirates called the Nile. Yeah, yeah. And it's not mm. spelled like the Nile River; it's spelled like N I H I L, mm. which is kind of a root for the word nihilistic, mm-hmm. and it's right. it's a very fitting description of them. So they're these pirates. Think Mad Max almost. Yeah. I love that Justina. Uh, Ireland just kept like clarifying, like these are not good pirates. Yeah, these are, these not, are not good pirates. Not good really fun pirates. pirates. It's not pirates. It's not the Caribbean. Yes. <laughs> she basically stopped short of saying Disney ruined pirates. These are not pirates. <laughs> Do, yeah, don't think happy pirates. These are these are bad guys. These are the raping, pillaging pirates. Yeah, yeah like no. they don't really have like a code. They just like yeah. well, that and that's what's kind of struck me is they they have no limits. Mm-hmm. There's no code even binding all of them together. Yeah. And it's it reminded me of the Joker in the Dark Knight. Oh sure. It's uh chaotic evil. I ju- just want to see the world burn. Yeah. Sort of mentality and that there's no reasoning with them. So one could see how that creates a conundrum for a Jedi Knight who is very principled and You're not supposed to do that. Don't they have oh boundaries. gosh. So so they're going to they're going to kind of be a an antagonistic through line through a lot of the books. So as Daniel was saying, we have another group of villains very very different from the Nile. They're called the Drengear. From... Oh sorry, what were they again? The they're Nile. Called the Drengear. The Drengear, yes. Oh right. yes, the Drengear. And from like the Nile. uh very very different from anything we've really ever had in Star Wars so far. Well, at least in canon. So yeah. So the they're they're sentient mobile plants, <laughs> which doesn't sound scary. And even the authors said this in the roundtable. They don't. That doesn't necessarily sound. Oh no! I'm getting attacked by a tree. Oh like, no! Like, like oh, an ant from Lord enough, of the Rings. I've seen enough uh, scary plants to to know how scary plants can be. But. Uh, <laughs> They they are known for their rapid regeneration capabilities. Right. Yeah, which that sounds horrifying. And and the line they kind of used to describe them was one seed. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is if you if you extract that out, that's really terrifying. That it reminds me a lot of. To kill um, them. I don't know if either of you. I know Daniel started the Legend of Korra, um, Korra! which is the. Um, oh yes, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, but there are some killer vines from the spirit world that take yes. over in their world, and they're really scary. Well, and really it's interesting. Scary. I when I, when I when they explain this, my 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 imagination started running wild because it's like yeah. it really could. The implications for that. Um, it just like there could be so many different ways that they can go about it. I I, I my mind went to like like an evil version of Pangea, you know, from mm-hmm. uh, Avatar, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, all the plants, like, basically, like, the entire world is, um, has a sort of sentient, um, what's, well, the, the, all the plants more or less talk to each other, like, they yeah. have a, uh, well, it's like the, like it's like the Ents from Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. the, Totally. The trees. I mean, yeah, but well, you know. yeah, but instead of them, n- like, no, like they, they, they more or less talk to each other. But it sounds like yes. these guys, like these plants, like all just sort of have the same mind, more or less. And like, if you have like a seed from that plant, when you plant it somewhere else, like, 
it, 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 I, I, yeah, I just imagine it can go from like planet to planet and like just sort of take it over, kind of. And and they feed on the the dark side of the force, which is interesting. Yeah. They're a dark side sentient mobile plants. Dark sided, called the Drenger. So th- that won't be fun for anyone involved. Drenger is a kind of a. Am I crazy? Does that is that sort of like a um a dwarfian kind of word, right? <laughs> It's very Tolkien. It's does it sound I mean, Tolkien? Yeah, it does. Yes, very much. Very much so. So those are those are our villains that our heroes will have to contend to, or contend with rather. So we can we can do a, a brief overview of of at least the the books and comics that they've announced, announced. and who is writing yeah. them and yeah. and what they center around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I was going to say though there was one other bad guy that they talked about. Yes, there was and, one bad guy that um I don't know was he Charles also Soul a said was they his didn't favorite really specify. Character. Oh, no, he he's one he's of the a... um, he's one of the Nile. Oh, he, he is. is? He's, he's okay. like the leader of the Nile. Oh, okay. I didn't realize he was connected to them. The leader oh. of the Nile. Oh yeah. <laughs> scary pirate guy. <laughs> I got the stuff that you want. I got the thing that you need. Oh, my God. I can't wait for this musical. It's going to be good. <laughs> I know. I'm surprised that nobody made a Little Shop reference during the Killer Plants. That was I was expecting, <laughs> oh, that, that's to be, true. Yeah. I was expecting that to be the third reference. Oh, but God. We well, if that, if, they, if, that, if this book, if the movie version doesn't start out with three black women being like, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> He's like, please Jeez. grow for me. And then it's like all over the entire planet immediately. <laughs> Just a Palpatine Wait, type. Wait, this is terrible. <laughs> a Palpatine type character says, I've given you sunshine. Drip. <laughs> drip, drip. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's talk about all these things. Okay. So distracted today. So we have the first book, Light of the Jedi, mm-hmm. written by Charles Soule. Which we all currently have in possession now, yes? yes? Yes, and Alyssa, I believe you've started reading it. I have. I am two chapters in. Guys, I'm holding a literal book in my hand. Oh my gosh. I Legendary. Amazing. Uh, and I think I'm going to go the audiobook route, which is narrated by longtime Star Wars uh, audiobook narrator Mark Thompson. He is legit. Yeah, I think um, I'm going to listen to the audiobook and read the book um, in conjunction with one another because Mark is just incredible. His uh, I've listened to the first chapter and a half um, of the audiobook. And, you know, the, the different voices that he gives all the characters are, are fantastic. And just his overall storytelling is, is thrilling to, to listen to. So I'm going to listen to that on, on my runs and stuff. That'll be That'll be fun. Yeah, Star Wars audiobooks in general, if if you haven't indulged, they are such a great extension of the movies. It, it adds this really great cinematic quality to these stories. Yeah, they're fantastic. There's there's music underscoring everything and sound effects and so if if your reading is not really your thing, audiobook route, recommend. You're talking yes. to me, aren't you? Maybe a little bit. Yes. <laughs> so The Light of the Jedi, we we basically talked about it with uh it's setting up the age of the new republic. Yeah, it's, uh, just the first three words of the book set it up very, very well. It says, "All is well," <laughs> and yep. it's setting up uh, kind of a, both a location and a plot device. Uh, the the republic has built this new station called Starlight Beacon. Mm-hmm. Starlight Express. <laughs> That's We're on the a first, roll today. That's the first song in the musical. <laughs> it's going to be great. So we have Starlight Beacon, mm-hmm. which they've, they've placed in the deep reaches of space because this time, well before uh, The Phantom Menace, as we've said, they're still expanding. And communication between planets isn't as good or travelers that are heading into deep space needed some kind of way to to chart where they were and starlight beacon serves as kind of a 
a a center point for them as they travel out there. And it also doubles as a Jedi temple, which right. is very interesting. And it also the... looks freaking cool. It looks yes. dope as hell. Yeah, yeah go mm-hmm. go search the concept art of of the of the starlight beacon because if you've ever played yeah. the game mass effect kind of gives a little bit of those vibes mm. it's pretty cool right so the starlight beacon is is you'll hear about it in many of the of the stories being told various characters are traveling to and from there when this great calamity hyperspace calamity takes place and calamity jane sort of ruins everything Oh, the Deadwood stages are rolling off of the thing. <laughs> Thank you for knowing that. <laughs> oh. Whoa, sorry, Dino. <laughs> Doris Day is going to start in this oh, don't. Uh... She's dead, but she's going to be in it. <laughs> oh, they've brought back everybody at this point. So. Yeah. <laughs> What's one more? <laughs> what, I, what I liked about what Charles Soule was talking about when he was devising the book was he was taking into account two Camelots and what yes, he meant by that was I love this. from one standpoint you have the Arthurian legends which are uh, you know mythical you have Merlin you have the the, the knights the round table yeah, yeah. The Excalibur the sword and the stone lady of the lake of the lady of the lake and her Laker girls. Sarah Ramirez <laughs> yes and then the second Camelot being John F. Kennedy's presidency in the United States, which they often re- referred to as Camelot. I always forget about it, that, yeah. Because it was so aspirational, optimistic. We were going to space. We were innovating. And it was really hopeful. And he wanted to take that inspiration into what the Republic at this time was doing, building these great works, this, this beacon station for, for one and it was it, it's cool when it, when you you hear them draw on well because i mean immediately yeah immediately you know with both of those camelots like what the sort of like underlying flavor yeah. is going to be and the sort of like right. feeling from the people in the galaxy at that time mm-hmm. so yeah i think i thought that was a, an amazing thing to great descriptor yeah right so then we head over to justina ireland's uh, young adults novel test of courage which will follow a young jedi named vernestra Rowe on her first diplomatic mission and what's interesting at this time the jedi are and they made it they made a point to to really hammer this was that the jedi aren't the almost recluses that we we think of in the prequel movies, they're out and about. They're they're actually making a difference in yeah. People know them. People love communities. Them. Yes, yeah. so they're a very active, known force. And as the Republic's expanding, Vernestra goes on a diplomatic mission to convince a planet to join the Republic. And it quite literally is like a mission. Like if you think of them as like a religion, you know, they're like going on their mission to right. like yeah. spread the <laughs> right. And, and I gotta and say, before I have forget you heard it, the gospel of all of the <laughs> the gospel of Luke, <laughs> um, all of the uh, lead characters, the the protagonists in in most of the, especially the young adult books, are all uh, people of color, which is yeah, amazing very, very and exciting, awesome. and yes. it's about time. It is about time, indeed. And she too is is sidetracked by the great disaster. So something something sends her mission out of whack. So that one will be geared towards younger adults, but nonetheless will be very interesting. And that one's already out as well. Yes. Yep. So Kevin Scott is responsible for the Marvel comic High Republic, which obviously is not novel form. It's more graphic novel. He's and... the British guy, right? Yes. Correct. Yeah. And his story revolves around uh, the Marshal of Starlight Beacon and the Jedi who kind of live and serve on the temple on Starlight Beacon. And he kind of described it as uh, your classic team-up book. Mm-hmm. You you have kind of a uh, an Avengers-style team-up of, of different Jedi with their own unique personalities and roles and 
And w- once you get into the, the comic book realm, that one's going to be super action heavy and... I'm excited for those. The the art that they showed on the on the panel, like it looks just so beautiful. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, art by Ario uh Anindito. Ario Anindito. Yes, Anindito. Yeah, it, it 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 looks really beautiful. I was never a giant comic book guy, but some some of the the comics Star Wars has put out in the last few years pretty dope. Have 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 been almost necessary reading if yeah. you were interested to Oh, especially the Darth Vader stuff? Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. And then Claudia Gray, who a lot of Star Wars readers will know, she is working on a book called Into the Dark. Ooh. And it looked... can you kind of give me a rundown of like what she's most known for, at least in the... uh, Lost Stars, which is basically a... I don't want to call it Romeo and Juliet, but an Imperial and a Rebel... Oh, I love that. Uh, They knew each other before everything went. Lovers, right? Everything went before everything went to hell. They fell in love and then ended up on two sides of the conflict. Dang. Then she wrote a book, Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Oh, got it. She's she's been doing some some good stuff, and she's been doing a lot of the world building from between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. Bloodline is another one of her. Bloodline. Okay, got it. All books I haven't read. <laughs> I would recommend them. I know. Heavily. So her her new book is Into the Dark, and it centers around uh, some Jedi who are marooned on an abandoned space station, which sounds yes. terrifying. Wait, that wasn't the name of the Spider-Man. No, that was Into the Dark. Wait, wait, what is it? was it? No. Turn Off the Turn Dark. Turn Off the Dark. That's right. Yeah, okay. okay, there's our fifth musical theater reference. <laughs> and we go for 10. All right. We're almost new there. record. New record today. So that these Jedi are trapped on a, a space station after the great disaster occurs and they discover it's full of secrets, mm-hmm. which is never a good thing. Secrets are never secrets. good. The way she described, and she wasn't allowed to talk, she wasn't at liberty to talk about a lot of her material. She's obviously under quite a quite a serious NDA, but um, yeah. the but way that she described, the most... yeah, the way that she described Into the Dark, I was like, Ooh, that was the first one that had me like get like the willies when she was describing it. I was just like, mm-hmm. right. this sounds so cool. Yeah, and and, and um, uh, apparently implications for like the entire series. Yeah. Well, cool. and I love what Claudia said. They asked her what her first reaction to to coming on board to this was, and she said, "Well, really, I thought about all of the other." legends and stories out there outside of star wars and yeah. what i could take from those and bring in and she mentioned dune yeah and the arthurian legends and and just citing both of those was a really exciting prospect for for what kind of tone we could be getting Absolutely. Yeah. but i loved she mentioned a a very seasoned pilot who also stars in in her book <laughs> and she didn't want to oh. make it a, a diet <laughs> diet Solo. Yes. Diet Han so Solo. she she has, and if you look at the concept art, you, it's uh, spot on. She has created a character based on Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, she said nineteen so nineties Ma- yes. Matthew McConaughey. If you watch the video, like they show, like at like as she's starting to describe the character, they she they show a picture of the character. But this is before she mentions the Ma- Matthew McConaughey. I was like, oh, that's Matthew McConaughey, and she was like, yep. Matthew McConaughey. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, on, at this point, on. Matthew McConaughey should be in a Star Wars movie, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so that's going to be really, really cool. Wow. And then finally, we get to Daniel Jose Older, who is also dipping into the younger adults category. And actually, I found this one really interesting. He's he's writing a series. Uh, based on the Starhopper Academic Cruiser. Yes. Where there's a bunch of Jedi Padawans basically going on what he called a gap year with Yoda. Which, I mean, basically is the Star Wars version of the Magic School Bus, right? Basically. With Yoda. Yeah. Yeah. With Yoda, like yeah. where where Yoda is taking them out into the galaxy. Yoda is now Mrs. Prisma. To learn. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I hope they get like they give Yoda like big like red curly hair. <laughs> oh my god. 
but that I I don't know I <laughs> that's really interesting I think it'll be great for kids I, I adore oh, that yeah. idea Yoda I, I, teaching them on the job yeah I think that's so cute and then he mentioned a Jedi another Jedi master who's tagging along with Yoda on this cruise and his name or his nickname he's affectionately referred to as buckets of blood yes yes right and, and this this character. Right, and this character is based on... So Daniel Jose Older used to be an EMS uh, responder, and he was he referred to uh, a guy he worked with who'd respond to calls as Bucket of Blood, or Buckets of Blood buckets is of on blood, the way. Yeah. But it turns out this is the most benign guy ever. He said, my job is to put Buckets of Blood back, back in the into person. Yep. Yeah. So good. I'm here to help. So he gave him this horrific name, but he's, he's actually a healer and... Uh, a pacifist mm-hmm. so it's Bugger, that blood. was kind of funny so those are those are uh the stories we are or at least we we know of right now and it, it will obviously get bigger oh my god yes they they said that phase one is supposed to last until 2002 so there's more 2022 yeah right 2002 <laughs> yep we're going so. back in time <laughs> yeah we've got four four comics on the dock Docket. We have two young tongue, two young reader novels, two middle grade novels, two young adult novels, two adult novels, plus the short stories that are going to be published on the Star Wars magazine, the Star Wars right. yes. Uh, yes. Insider. Yeah, Star Wars um, Insider. Yep. So we have um, already that's in the December edition of that magazine is uh, a short story. And uh, Charles Soule said it was sort of like chapter zero to light of the Jedi. Um, and um, yeah, prequel prequel event. And then we have in February coming out another short story by Charles Soule. And then in March, uh, another short story called first duty written by Kevin Scott. <laughs> duty. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that'll be exciting. I honestly the the biggest thing for me is I'm like how there's just so much content. Like Well, yeah, they're, they're talking about a three-phase thing. That this 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 like And this is just the first phase. Like this is 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 14 15 16 17 18 like 18 things that are all part of it's a one. it's a really bold and very brave move that they've made with this, and it was probably necessary. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, what's also interesting is you have the live action series, The Acolyte, yes. which was announced right. a couple weeks ago, and that is described as being near the end of the High Republic. Right. So we, we will see this in live action, and I have to wonder if, if, uh... so Kevin Feige, they confirmed that. They confirmed that Kevin Feige is making a Star Wars movie. Yes. And the guy who's writing it just wrote the Loki or season one of the Loki series coming to uh, Disney Plus. Right. I have to wonder if because this storytelling initiative is basically a a Marvel structure kind of call, structure, I wonder if they're bringing in Kevin Feige because he is so skilled. No doubt. At yeah. Carrying plot lines, if he's going to have a, a High Republic, yeah, film, I I would be I would be weird. It would be weird if if he doesn't already have his hand in it yeah. somehow. Yeah, in my opinion. So so this is going to culminate with something, and and really, is there anyone better than Kevin Feige to carry it over the finish line? Truly. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, so I, it's exciting. Uh, I'm also really excited for the um, the manga. The Japanese comic. Yes, me too. Um, Justina Ireland is writing that, and uh, Mizuki uh, Sakibara uh, is doing the art. It's just so weird because, like, Star Wars, it just feels like it it fits so well into that genre. Absolutely, and there have been there have been other manga series that have been from existing storylines, but this is the first time that an actual actual manga is being made like an original star wars manga and then so, it's right. gonna be canon too you know right yeah um well I, and we've talked about it before but you consider star wars origins it makes its origins in japanese filmmaking yeah it makes 
utter sense. It's like coming back home in a way. I, I'm just excited because uh, we have no idea what Mm-mm. oh what yeah lies what in a store. thrilling thing to like come into like we're we're because like you know how uh, to be able to watch the original movies again and not know that you know that right Luke Skywalker was Darth Vader's son you know what I mean like to to have those moments and uh, there and apparently this is I don't know there's a lot of big reveals that they kind of teased. Um, well, and this is their opportunity, and this is out of left field with no confirmation from anyone. But I was thinking, so if this is 200 years before Phantom Menace, we will start to see the High Republic deteriorate under under the weight of the bureaucracy that Palpatine then takes advantage mm-hmm. of. Right. But before Palpatine, there was his master Darth Plagueis. Right. Sitting in the shadows, as Palpatine has done for so long. So I wonder when we start to see the Sith creep kind in. of start to to creep in again yeah. and take advantage of whatever's going wrong. But seemingly the they're kind of at least alluding to, you know, like the Uber Star Wars fans um, you know, reading the books and maybe not not as much getting a sense of like foreshadowing they, they are I, there might be a little bit here and there but it's not going to be one of those things where the the uber star wars fans are like oh i know what's going to happen because of they, they can't like they can't of how far know. you know yeah, like, right. oh yeah. that thing has to happen because this happens way in the future like it's just it is it's not going to work like that allegedly which i think is very exciting right one moment woof woof bark bark woof woof they just have things to say. They want to make Very sure that they get their today. word in edgewise. My God. Okay. Dino, don't forget to tell them about the book book. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Uh, so High Republic, super exciting. There's also a great bit of news that that kind of came across the desk very, <laughs> like right before we started recording. The Star mm-hmm. Wars desk. And that Lucasfilm is re-engaging their video game arm, which was formerly known as LucasArts, but they have just announced Lucas Games. Yes. Is taking over the production of Star Wars video games. And, and that could potentially be the greatest news of all time, at least in my world, because, you know, obviously I am the, like the Lord of the video games. Well, so. I saw you guys play Squadrons, and there's a new Saber available that's part of the yeah the public they, yeah they'd... it's a um like a little decoration that you can put in one of your ships which is oh, really cute. Cute. cute yeah yeah the and... i'm super excited about that lego game that... oh my god oh the hype is real the, si- the, well, the and, skywalker and the... saga skywalker, lego. yeah it looks yeah. so fun if you do play video games you'll know star wars has had a licensing agreement with ea games since not long after Disney bought Lucasfilm. Have you guys looked it up? Actually, I'm going to look it up right now because at least for many years, um, EA had the the wonderful title of worst company to work for, I think. Oh, yikes. <laughs> uh, well, I, don't, I don't know about that. But, yeah. Um, so that, that deal is expiring relatively soon, which makes this news very interesting i mean there's nothing confirmed but my immediate suspicion was this is basically lucas arts coming back and taking over complete creative control of star wars video games which they had such a great track record with them to begin yeah. with i mean they made all of the great games of our childhood so uh and also th- that, I, that's, I, yeah, that's I mean, good news bless their hearts i mean they gotta make money i get it but also um like EA Games has just like had such a bad track record with, you know, um, uh, you know, you buy the game, and then after you buy the game, they're all like, if you wanna get this really cool thing, you have to microtransactions. Pay more money. Yeah, the microtransactions, yeah. and it just yeah. is so. It's just- and Battlefront Two, which actually ended up being a really great game two years after, after, after its release, right. which is so funny that you, know, you literally saw a game reborn. After there was so much, so much flack. Yeah, like there was so much backlash on microaggressions, and you had to, you had to grind and grind to get anywhere. (laughs) That's really what they are. They're microaggressions, microtransactions. Did I say microaggressions? Microtransactions. It's a Freudian slip for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, people were very triggered by microtransactions. Well, that's annoying. That's super annoying. Yeah, you bought the game, and 
but you didn't actually cheap. buy the game. <laughs> right. But if you wanted to to get anywhere. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. To... So just, just so we're aware, it, it, what I was referring to, and actually this is actually pretty old news, but it was in April of 2012, Consumerist awarded EA with the title of Worst Company in America, along oh. with a ceremonial Golden Pooh trophy. <laughs> Uh, wow. Well, I I would imagine they rehabbed that <laughs> reputation somewhat if Disney handed them the so. reins to yeah. the license. But all in all, if if this is basically a LucasArts rebirth, that's great news for gamers. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, I do. I think so. But uh, that's that's what oh, we awesome. got for you. Yeah. So today, uh, Some fun news. One sort of thing that we're excited to start doing with with the announcement of all of these new books is we will be starting a book club. Yes. So if you would like to read along with us, we are starting with Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule, and I'm we're going gonna go, to go. Daniel is going to be forced to read. It. I'm going to do it. Or listen to the audiobook if that's more your jam, and we're going to go a couple chapters at a time, and we'll chat about stuff that happened, chat about what we think might happen, speculate, just just have a have a, a really fun fun time. So if you'd like to join us for book club, we would love to have you. Oprah's and gonna be there. Oprah so sure, has yeah. given us her stamp. She mm-hmm. has. She did. She, has. she did. She called. And yeah, so that's that's something to look forward to in the next Yeah, you don't uh, wanna miss Days well, and then... and Oprah on our next episode. <laughs> And then this might be a good time to tell y'all that we are launching kind of a parallel series because we enjoyed watching Mandalorian. Really, this comes from since we enjoyed watching Mandalorian so much together and with Marvel Cinematic Universe ramping back up for the first time in about two years. When also the fact that Iron Man might be coming to Star Wars. So there's that. Hmm? Oh yeah, there, there were very unconfirmed rumors that Robert Downey Jr. is talking oh, with Lucasfilm about see, a Star Wars film, <laughs> which is which you know what could very well be Kevin Feige's movie. Could yeah, be. oh yeah, could be. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, because the Marvel Cinematic Universe is is coming back to to life this week with WandaVision, we will be doing a weekly series of WandaVision watches and recaps, which will be. Basically, the beginning of what we are affectionately calling outside the Tauntaun. Aptly named. Star Wars adjacent topics. Yes. And sometimes this will entail watching these series as they come out, and Marvel is putting out a lot this year, and being under the same, you know, belonging to the same parent company made sense to dive into that realm. But we'll also be watching movies that may or may not have some really cool links to Star Wars Parallels. that you might not have thought about before, and we will discuss those as, as like we go along. Like Little Shop of Horrors, for instance. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, all that being said, we hope that you'll join us uh, with these new these new segments that we have coming out, our book club and Outside the Tauntaun. And thanks 2021 for... 2021 is going to be lit! Yes, it is. Please, God. Please. At least we've got Star Wars, you know? Oh At God. least we've yeah, got Star yes. Wars. Fun things coming up. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, this is Inside the Tauntaun, a Star Wars it podcast. Is. Yep. Thanks for thanks for joining. Daniel didn't know what this was called. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm Alyssa Simmons. I'm Daniel Dawson. I'm Dino Nicandros. May the Force be with you. Always. Always. <laughs>